it is. Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025 The Game. It is a Titans Monday and maybe the most important reaction Titans Monday of the year. Because let's not kid ourselves, Floyd. It's two and four and it looks terrible. Two and four is not a season ender. I mean, you go on a roll at two and four and you come out at seven and five, and then you've got a legitimate chance the last month of the year to find your way in or out of the playoffs. Right. Uh, the problem is, is that it doesn't feel like the Titans have any chance of getting better or have any answers to getting better. And if they did have the answers, then they would have probably tried them by now. And if they, they did try them, then I don't know where we, you know, I, I don't know why we haven't seen them so far. You know, I mean, it's like a lot of the things. Offensive line, you know, that's a huge problem. So are you going to fire the offensive line coach? Nope. Okay, well, are you going to change the guys on the offensive line? Nope. Okay, well, then we'll see how the offensive line well, is. Yeah, but, I mean, what are you, who, who are you going to put in? Who, I'm just, how are you going to change it? I'm just saying, like, if you're a fan, like, how are you supposed to have any hope yeah, that it's going to get any better? That's hard. That's just all you can do. And Vrabel just said it a while ago. All you can do is go back to work. So to get better. I asked Vrabel a question that that I've been thinking about all year long. And that is the fact that when Vrabel got hired to be the coach of the Titans, it was to fix Mariota. That was what we were told was going to happen, was Vrabel was the guy to come in and lead the men and fix the quarterback. And in 2016, he was named as a Pro Bowl alternate and would have played in the Pro Bowl game had he not broken his leg. I thought that was Malarkey's charge. Well, you can argue Malarkey did a good job, but Malarkey got you into the playoffs. I mean, Malarkey, I think Malarkey's charge was to come in and, and fix the quarterback after his Wizenhunt experience. I thought Malarkey's job was to keep the quarterback from getting killed, which compared to what we're watching right now, Malarkey did a great job of. But, again, 2016, named as a Pro Bowl alternate, would have played in the Pro Bowl had he not broken his ankle. 2017, in the playoffs, in the divisional round of the playoffs. Last year, uh, this year, terrible. So I asked Vrabel today, why has he regressed so much? Marcus has been to a Pro Bowl. He's been to the playoffs before you were hired. Since you've been hired, he's regressed to this point. Why? I guess I'm just not a very good coach, Jared. So that was what Vrabel, Vrabel's non-answer to that is – goes back to the same point that I, I have that bothers me with all of this surrounding the offense is, do they have the answers over there? Do they have the answers to why? Because I'm asking why. Why has this happened? And I, I think that his answer right there was, he doesn't have the answers as to why. And that's where I think if you're a Titan fan, if you're somebody like me, who I don't have the answers because I don't know. You know, it would be like me going to a hospital and saying, hey, what is this giant thing pointing out of my shoulder right now? What is that? I expect one of the doctors over there to have an answer for me. And in this case, I just don't. That answer, I think, is symbolic of of the reality that as the quarterback has gone downhill and the offense has gone downhill, we're looking for answers as to why they've gone downhill and what they can do to fix it. And I just don't feel like they have answers. Who's, I mean, ask your question. If in fact they had them, do you think they're going to tell you? I think that they would show what they would give you somewhat of an idea. That's yes or no. Do you think they would tell you? The answer is no. 
They wouldn't tell you. Okay, let me ask you this. As a football guy, do you think they have the answers? What you see them doing on a weekly basis, does it look like they have answers? I'm absolutely positive they have answers for them. Does it always work? No, it doesn't. But if it doesn't work, then you try another one. You try something else. But I mean, they're not gonna. They're gonna not try to fix things and go into the next game. I mean, I can promise you that. Now, can you do it? Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can't. But I mean, I don't. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, you, it's ridiculous to think that they're just looking at at that crap that was on yesterday and and going into the next meeting, thinking, "Hey, don't worry about it, guys. We'll be all right." I mean, that's not happening. I mean, they have been up all night long, and they'll be up all night tonight and uh, trying to get it fixed. That's what you do. Right. And if you put trigonometry in front of me, and I spent all night working on your trigonometry, I'm still not going to come back the next day with the correct answers, because I don't know how to do trigonometry. I kind of pretended my way through it in high school. I I don't know how to do it. I don't. And so I just feel like... In this situation, and this goes back to your everybody gets a piece of the blame today, the reality is 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 for every roadblock the Titans offense has right now, there is somebody to point the finger to. And then when you point the finger at that person, there's a, well, it's not his fault because, and then it's somebody else's fault. And that's what's tough for me is I'm trying to figure out, like, let's use Nate Davis as an example. Nate Davis sucks. Fair to say, like, and it's not his fault that he sucks, but he's not good, right? <laughs> yes. I have no clue because this is his second game, the second game of his life. Okay. So I can't tell if he's good, bad, or indifferent. So he is playing poorly by NFL standards right now, correct? Right? Again, this yes. is the second game of but, his career. But what you're I saying, can't tell if he's good, bad, or indifferent. But see, that's what we the we the fans are tired of hearing that. See, this is what well, I mean, this is what this is this goes back to my point is for every finger to point, there becomes a subset of fingers to point at somebody else. So Nate Davis sucks. Well, it's not Nate Davis's fault. He's a third-round pick out of Charlotte that hadn't practiced a day in his life before he was forced into the Atlanta game. That's not his fault. Okay, so then whose fault is it for putting him in there? Well, you got to blame the coach. Because how can the coach put this guy who's got no experience at even a high level of college football into the NFL and put him out there and say, all right, go block the Denver Broncos? Well, that's dumb. But then you want to blame the coach, and you say, well, you can't blame the coach because who else would you put in there? Well, there's Douglas, and he's terrible, and there's Stinney, and he's terrible, and there's Pamphil, and he'll probably get hurt. So can't blame the coach. So then you look at the general manager, and you say, how could you cut Josh Klein and leave yourself in this position? So I can literally blame Everybody on the ladder, because everybody you can point a finger at, but then every time you point the finger, there well, becomes see, a subset of fingers to be a, pointed in other there's, directions. There's a difference in what you're not asking for solutions. You're asking for somebody to blame. I like There's both. a difference. And, and so when you go in there and you make accusations, I mean, they're not going to tell you anything because it becomes evidence for you to point the finger at somebody else. So, I mean, why would they, why would they tell you anything? 
I wouldn't tell you anything because I know that you'd be listening to it that afternoon. I mean, it's not, it's different looking for solutions and, and look, looking to blame somebody. You know, I just told you, you can blame every single person over there. You can blame every coach. You can blame every trainer. You can blame every player. You can blame whoever you want. It doesn't make any difference. Just blame away. But, I mean, that is not the solution. And that's why they're meeting and doing what they're doing, trying to figure out what is the solution. And sometimes, you know what, they'll come out of it with an answer. They'll say, okay, I think this is what's going to, you know, help us. Well, the truth is. I mean, they don't know till they get into a game. That's the hard part about not having, you know, preseasons and games and whatever else that's going on now. So we should be hopeful that they I, will no, find you should blame everybody. I think you should just blame everybody. It'll be whoever's fault you want. Every single, I mean, just blame away, and that way you'll feel better. And you know. Won't make any difference to them. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, you know who I blame. Blame anybody you want. I mean, it's Robinson's fault. There you go. I mean, you can't. What about Amy? Amy, think, Amy hired John. I, I thought about this yesterday. I think it's got to be Amy. I think Steve Underwood sat on the plane Underwood, yesterday. Underwood, there you go. I, I think Steve Underwood <laughs> sat on that plane yesterday and regrets the decision to let John Robinson fire Mike Malarkey. No. Oh. That because that is where the origin of lay this at the feet of Robinson. Because when they fired Malarkey, I mean, we were all sitting there saying, like, whoa, 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 now, like a playoff winning coach. I mean, I remember somebody got mad at me. One of the callers got mad at me because I said, I hope John Robinson learned in New England if you're going to fire Bridget Moynihan, you better sign or better hire Giselle Bunchen. And someone was like, that was really rude of you to say that, which I thought was funny, but who knows. Uh, and so, anywho, like that, that was kind of the hope here, right? Was like, hey, you know, Malarkey did a lot of good things here, but he was stuck in his ways and wasn't going to change, and we want to be better, so we're going to go get Vrabel. Well, that's fine, but now everything offensively has gone right down the toilet ever since you've made that decision, and that is where I look at John Robinson, and I'm like, I don't see, I don't see what your plan was that day you got in front of me and said, our goal for the fans is to raise the bar. I, I don't see that. And maybe John Robinson shouldn't be blamed, but that's probably where I put most of my blame. I feel like they've ruined Mariota. They've ruined him. As bad as he was yesterday, the worst I've ever seen him play, he's not that bad of a quarterback. He wasn't that bad four years ago, so why is he that bad yesterday in Denver? Because they've ruined him. Because he's, he's running away from ghosts. He sees there's 11 Broncos on the field. He saw 45 yesterday. And so, yeah, if you say that I'm just looking for someone to blame, I personally blame Robinson. Uh, and that's why I'm not sure I trust Robinson right now to go find the next quarterback for this franchise since I feel like they're done with this quarterback. But I'm not going to get a choice in this because they're not going to fire Robinson. So this year when they move on from Mariota, John Robinson will be drafting your next quarterback and you have to pray that he gets it right. Well, that'll be evidence. Be somebody to blame. So we'll be good. I don't want someone to blame. I want the Titans to be good. That's the problem. They've got the, you can win the Super Bowl with this defense. This defense is good enough today to win the Super Bowl. 
you're two and four. Your punter, if he puts together five more seasons punting like this, might go into the Hall of Fame. And yet, special teams is a train wreck, and they're two and four. And that's what, what just is burning my rear end today. And that, that's where I am. And you can say, like, hey, you're just looking for people to blame. No, I'm looking for the Titans to be good because that's what they told us they were going to do. And they are the exact opposite of that right now on one side of the ball. And that's what's so frustrating is I look at this team and I see a Super Bowl caliber defense out there. I see it. And yet we all know that this team is probably going to be 7-9 and nine this year or something like that. And that is where I think the fans are starting to panic right now. 615-737-1025. 615-737-1025. Plus, are we getting close for it to be timed on the season? We'll discuss Jared and the GM live from the wholesaling studio powered by RumbleOn.com at CSPN 1025, the game. Fourth and 11. Tannehill. Keeping it alive. Now throws. Picked off. Kareem Jackson. Jackson is on the return and down at the 26-yard line, and that will do it. You know, right now I'm trying to lead a football team. Okay, I'm trying to lead a football team that's lost on the road, and uh, they're disappointed just like I am. And I, and I don't sit there and prepare speeches uh, to talk to a team after we lose. And so I said the only thing we're going to do is we're going to stay together and we're going to get better. We're not going to talk about it. Um, we're going to try to improve and get better. That was Vrabel after the game yesterday. Again, Titans 2-4. and four. Still a lot of season left. But... Still, you know, a lot of season left. I, I just don't know. It, it's hard to say a lot of season left, Floyd. It, it's hard. There's 10 games. I know, but does it feel like there's 10 games left? Yeah. Ian, does it feel ten like there? Sadly, in a, in a bad way, really. Just like ten more, ten more weeks. Games. No, 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 no. I, I do enough. We do enough to hosting. We have enough time to talk about the Predators after the football season, and that's why I've always said, you know, hey, Titans and Preds, Titans and Preds, Titans and Preds, and I'm all for that. But I'm not ready to do. I'm not ready. You know what? If the Titans are going to play like they played yesterday, Floyd, they just ought to kick us out of here and bring in Ryan and uh, Crispy to take our. Sp- Faces and will be guests on the show, and they can do the show the way that because the football in this state is so bad. Between Vandy, the Vols, who by the way, nice win for the Vols, Vandy, the Vols, and the Titans, you know, they might as well just kick us out of here and put Ryan and Crispy in for four hours a day. This is Nashville had a tough weekend. Talk about sorrows between Vandy and us and Preds, and it was a tough weekend. Tough weekend. Back to your phones we go. AG is up next on Mariota. Go ahead, AG. Yeah, I, I do not understand why Mike Malarkey nine keeps coming up. Where is he head coaching at? Nowhere. And when Mar and when Marcus Mariota leaves Tennessee, if he does, most likely he's not gonna hold down the starting quarterback position anywhere. And we talking about Jalen Hurts, from my understanding he's not just an accurate passer either. So I don't know where he will go in the draft, like what team is gonna want these people though. I'm just saying. And oh yeah, one more thing. I gotta give a shout out to the GM because, man, you I know it's hard to sit there and try to speak an educated football type of terminology, you know, because these radio shows, it's like they just 
so reactive to week to week. It's like whichever way the wind blows, that's which way they go. And I just don't get it. Thank you, AG. <laughs> AG. Isn't that how I should feel, though? When you play horribly, I should be upset about it? Like, isn't that like the course of life? That's like when you're sick, you go to the doctor. You don't go to the doctor when you're not sick. It's like, oh, I have a fever, and, I, and I'm and i coughing, and I have a runny nose. I guess I'll go to the doctor. It's not like, oh, I woke up, got out of bed today, felt great. So I went to the doctor. That's, you know, like uh, that, that's the way I feel about it. You do go to the dentist when nothing's wrong, and they check up on your teeth. So, <laughs> you know, now I'm just getting in my head. I the, titan, the Titans are driving me to the point of... of I don't know. What is the right word? <laughs> Delusion. Let's go to John on Mike Malarkey. Go ahead, John. Hey, Jared. What I want to tell you is this. John Robinson is the best thing that happened to the Titans since the GM has been there. And he got rid of Malarkey because we, we needed a coach, a guy that doesn't cry every time he gets in front of a microphone and talks to the media or his teammates. We need a leader. Uh, this Rabel, he's a leader. Now, uh, would you rather have a leader? Is, would you rather have a leader that doesn't get you to the playoffs, or the crybaby that did get the, you to the playoffs? It, it's the quarterback. The quarterback. The same quarterback that got you to the playoffs. The quarterback, he can't throw a three-yard pass. So how did he get you to the playoffs? Screen. Well, he, he. Hey, you know what? He played good, but he's not consistent. You have to do that every game. Every game, you have to complete a three or five-yard pass. He's incapable of doing it. I love the guy. He's the nicest guy I ever saw or seen. I, the nicest guy I've probably ever uh, seen as a quarterback. But the bottom line is he's not a leader. He's inconsistent. He, had, he can make game. He can make plays. I'll tell you that right now. He can make plays, but not consistently. Now, we're going to go in there with Tannehill, and he's probably going to win us this game against San Diego because he's, he's going to be consistent. He's going to be able to hit a three-yarder or a five-yarder, and we're going to be able to run the ball. Just Those three-yard misses mean a lot. In football, those five-yard passes that you can't—he's not completing. Mean a lot. John, walk. I agree. Thank you for your call. I mean, the way Marcus played yesterday, you can't beat anybody with that. You know, you can't. I mean, the, like, what was the one—a third and five—and he throws an out to Delaney and skips it. <laughs> like, what the? He was wide open. Like, what was that? You—you're not beating anybody with that. You're not beating Vanderbilt playing like that. The first pass of the game, he threw the out to Davis and skipped it, then turned around and and got Derrick Henry into the injury tent when he threw the swing to him, trying to get him, him around, trying to get him hurt. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I agree. I I agree wholeheartedly with that, with the caller saying that you're not going to win any games with a guy that can't throw a three yard pass. I agree. The problem is, is we've seen Mariota play high-level football before, and it ain't there right now. And I just, like, what's the why for that? Or what's the solution to that? The offense is different. The offense is different. How many times have I told you this? Who was on the team that they went to the playoffs? Who was there? Well, he was hurt, though. Who was there? DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray, the leading rusher in the AFC, I want to say. Not that season, and, and, the season before, but yes. Well, I mean, it, 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 it meant all the difference in the world. 
all the difference in the world. And now you've got Derek Henry. And I like Derek, but Derek is not DeMarco. And, Did you see him whip on that blitz pickup yesterday and got the quarterback killed? But I the, and and it is totally different. I mean, in spite of what we want to say, we want to say Derrick Henry's like Demarco. He's not. He is a different guy, and that doesn't make him good, bad, or indifferent. But it's he is different, and I think that's what I mean. We we act like there was no difference in the teams. There was night and day difference in everything about it. And back then, it was the defense. What's wrong with the defense? Defense can't stop anybody. Oh God! If well, you had now this wait defense, a minute. Let's oh, think about God. think about how good we were. We had <laughs> the secondary. We had guys. I can't even remember that. Sinsabra. Uh, no, 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 no. He was on it was, Dallas. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it was pathetic. It was Cyprian, and uh, you know, Logan Ryan was your best corner. And awful. they got rid of Searcy in the middle of the year so, to bring him Bayer. That was awful. I mean, it was a different team, different, and it's and it's all and and the division was different, and that's why people want to try to compare all these things, and you can't. That's why. What do football coaches tell you? Football coaches say last year's dead. Forget last year. Forget the year before that. We don't care what happened. We don't care. All that's dead. This is all new, and it's all this year. Back to your phones next, 615-737-1025. Does it matter if they name Marcus Mario to the starting quarterback for Sunday's game against the Chargers? Does it even matter at this point? We'll discuss. Jared and the GM, Titans Monday. It's ESPN 1025, the game. Whoever you decide on for Sunday, does that necessarily mean that's the person you're sticking with going forward? I mean, I think the continuity, um, we're going to take it one game at a time, but... um, I don't think that the answer is uh, certainly a revolving door um, at that position or any position. You'd like to have some continuity, but you know I think where we are, we're we're in a one game. You know, every week is is a new week, and right now we're focused on um, this team today, uh, the Chargers, and how we prepare our team for the Chargers. That was Rabel talking about the quarterback, and Rabel basically said. I don't want a revolving door at that position. So it sounds like whoever they pick to be the starting quarterback between Mariota or Tannehill will be the starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. Floyd, does it even matter if they pick Mariota and he starts on Sunday against the Chargers? Does he have another shot to continue to win the job? Or even at this point... Are we at the point where even if he plays okay down the stretch and they win nine games or eight games or whatever, that they'll still probably be going in a different direction at the end of the year? With no, I think he'll have another shot. I mean, I think it'll, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's, it's this weekend. Um, but I will say this. I mean, I think it, it is one more shot. <laughs> it's not going to be, you know, Every every game we're going to start off with Marcus and see how he does, and then decide if he if he goes the second half or not. I think it's what I would do, Marcus. You know, you you got shaken a little bit this weekend. We're going to give you another chance. You know, this is it. Go out there and let's see what you do. And if that doesn't work, or if it's shaky, or if it's whatever, then. Uh, I mean, I'd say, okay, thank you, you know. So you would start Mariota Sunday? I would. 
I would too. I think that if they start now, this is complete speculation and conjecture on my part. So I'd like to throw that disclaimer out there so you can't get mad at me for not knowing this for a fact. But this is my opinion. Uh, Have we signed the waiver yet, Floyd? We got it. Okay. I think if Vrabel gets to make the decision, Tannehill goes Sunday. If Robinson is making the decision, or no, if Mariota goes on Sunday, then you will know that Robinson is the one who made that choice. And because I think Vrabel's done with Mariota. I don't think Vrabel ever liked Mariota. I think Vrabel thinks that, you know what, next year I'll get my quarterback in here and I'll be able to take this team off and show them that I'm a coach. That's just my opinion. So if Tannehill goes Sunday, that's Vrabel's call. If Mariota goes Sunday, then Robinson told Vrabel, hey, we're going with Marcus. We're giving Mar- we're sticking it with Marcus. We're going to give Marcus a shot. And I'm convinced that's the that's the case. Yeah, I, I don't think that at all. I think I think what they'll do is they'll sit down. And if in fact they can say Marcus is done. That's it. I'm fed up with him. And Tannehill start and Tannehill play the rest of the year as long as he stays healthy or whatever the case may be. If they can't say that, then they're going to say, okay, Marcus is going to start and we'll give him one more chance and see if this works out. And as long as he's, you know, doing what we want him to do, then he can stay there. But if, in fact, uh, he gets has another one of these Denver games, then then it's done. Then we're we're both done with him. I think they'll they'll sit down as a, you know both of them and and kind of shake that thing out a little bit. And like I said, if they both say no, nah, no, nah, we're I'm convinced he can't do it. Then then I don't think they'll I don't think they'll play him. What let's just say hypothetically, Jeff Fisher's the coach, you're the GM. Jeff Fisher wants Tannehill to start Sunday, but you are not done with Mariota. Do you overrule Jeff in that case and say, "Hey, we're starting Marcus." You know, I don't usually tell you who to play, yeah. and I don't tell you how to coach, but I'm the general manager. This is the starting quarterback. I am saying that you stay with Marcus. See, there's there's no reason for John to have that kind of loyalty. To Marcus? I mean, yeah, he didn't draft him. I mean, it, none of them. No, they but. Don't, they but, don't have. Now, everybody loves him. I, I but, think I mean, John, John should have the loyalty to Marcus I because mean, Marcus, you know, Marcus had success under him. You know, I mean, like, we can't just say, well, you didn't pick Marcus, so it's not your fault. When Marcus was a Pro Bowl caliber player when Robinson was the GM, and Robinson has made a bunch of moves to help Marcus, and then they obviously haven't worked out, I don't think that Robinson should be completely absolved of any Marcus-related blame. Well, no. I mean, but he, you know, we forget John was at Tampa when they, chose they had not this choice. Marcus, right. Yes. And their choice was to go with the other guy. So I hear you, but at the same time, when Robinson took the job, he took Marcus as a second year quarter. He knew what he was getting into. So to me, I don't, I, I refuse to do, play the Robinson didn't draft Mariota, so it's not his fault game. I'm not doing that. He has been here too long for him to be absolved. Same with Vrabel. I mean, I don't think Vrabel, Vrabel chose Mariota. Mariota didn't choose those guys. Let's go to your loaded phones. Let's go to Chuck, who's up next here on Jared and the GM. What's up, Chuck? Thank you. What's up, guys? Uh, first, 
Yeah, to answer your question, it is important who starts this Sunday. If Amy is a businesswoman, there are 67,000 I told you so's in those stands that during preseason, we were all told by the radio people, you're idiots, you don't know anything about preseason at all. And we were like, offensive line ain't blocking, Mariota can't throw. And everybody's like, well, shut up, because wait till he gets his weapons. And everything will be fine. Well, he got his weapons. Offensive line still can't block, and he still can't throw. And if you think the last home game was looked like a – the only luck we have is we're playing the Chargers, and they're, they hate their team too. So nobody may come to this game if Mariota's starting on Sunday. So I hear you on that one. Thank you for your call. I don't think anyone will come to the game. I think this will be one of the lighter attended games. Uh, Titans can't make decisions based upon what the fans will show up to the stadium for or not. No. I mean, that's just not how you you can't operate in an NFL franchise. You'd love to always do what's best for the fans, but you have to do what's best for the franchise. And hopefully it turns out to be the right decision, and then the fans will buy in, and then you're off and running. Uh, I, I guess I said that they could be seven and nine or something like that. Joe on Twitter says, "You see the team. You see this team in crisis, winning five more games. Seriously, name the five. I, I mean, I, I this is gonna sound crazy. It would. The Titans have the kind of team that could turn this whole turn the whole thing around. Like I know that that sounds nuts because we look at this offensive line and it's a train wreck." But the defense allows you to, if you just figure one or two things out on offense, the defense is going to allow you to win a lot of games you shouldn't win. The Titans can totally turn this around. I'm not saying they're going to. But like last year when the Titans went to Dallas and beat them, we thought Dallas was falling apart. We thought they were going to get rid of Dak and fire the coach. Dallas ended up in the divisional round of the playoffs. Dallas won the division. And right now Dallas thinks they're falling apart. Oh yeah! So every time you start to think Dallas is good, yeah, they're bad. Dallas is—you're thinking, looks like they're going to run away with the division, and they're now three and three. Brandon on Twitter says the GM wants us not to blame anyone and just accept what we saw on the field and have no opinion on anything. I I just said you can blame anyone you want. Who's that? Dummy. Brandon says. He, Brandon's an he idiot. said you you I want said us you to can not blame, blame anyone. anybody you want. Anybody. I know, but it you say it with make such. Any difference. But you say it with such passive aggressiveness. It's like, no, hey, you know what? You, you want to blame Johnny hey, Joe, the Towelboy? Blame, blame the Towelboy. Take your, take your time and just blame away. I know, but there is a tone to that that is basically like, hey, fans, you want to blame the popcorn vendor? Fine. Blame, blame them the all. popcorn vendor blame because the, it does because your blame opinion the doesn't watered count. Watered down Coke. Blame anything you want. I'm, I'm I mean, with we're the Twitter used guy to it. on this one, kind of. <laughs> I can believe that. Joe <laughs> is up next. What's up, Joe? Yeah, how you doing? Uh, yeah, there's a there's a reason why Tom Brady wins constantly. What there's a science to everything, and why does he win all the time? Tell me that. Because he's greatest quarterback who ever lived. Well. He's got protection. He walks out of there, his his outfit is clean as a whistle when he walks off field. He looks like he just got his starts when he walks. Joe, off do you know field. who Marshall Newhouse is? Yeah, uh, what I'm getting at, uh, sir. Hey, is, uh, hey, do you know who Marshall Newhouse is? No, I don't. Marshall Newhouse, thank you for your call. Is the backup backup left tackle for the New England Patriots? He right now, I believe, is the starting left tackle for the New England Patriots, who was not good enough to play in Carolina. And I think he was not good enough to play somewhere else. But Marshall Newhouse, for some reason, 
can be a left tackle and win games with Tom Brady's line. I think that in the case of Tom Brady, and you, Floyd, know this firsthand, that they have two factors in New England that the Titans simply don't have here, and that is that Tom can make the offensive line better by knowing what the offensive line can and can't do and how he can adjust to that. And two, their offensive line coach, Dante Scarnecchia, is maybe the best offensive line coach in the history of the NFL, and your offensive line coach can't coach. I think those are kind of the two differences there. Well, I mean, there's no doubt Dante is an outstanding coach. But but the bottom line is that they have a formula put together that they have lived with the entire time and if you can it's and i used to tell people this when way back to the giants they could take some free agent off of the off of the personnel heap and he would go to the giants and be, and be an all pro Was and you there? would always think how is that possible you know how can they do that and the reason is they have such an identity. If you fit that mold, it doesn't matter if you're two inches short or you're 20 pounds light or if you're whatever the case may be. If you can do these handful of things, you can play for us. And they convince those guys of that and they go out there and they get those guys that fit that. And it's like those guys, you could take... Give everybody the same number. Give everybody the same name. It doesn't matter. When they step on the field, they're going to be doing exactly the same thing that the guy that just left did. And and that's the that's what they've done forever. That's why, you know, you go through a guy like Marcus Cannon, who is their right tackle. We drafted out of TCU and and. I mean, the poor kid had cancer, fought it, won, and he's been playing there ever since. And he's just a big old guy that will do exactly what Dante wants him to do. Well, the problem in, in all of these situations, when you're changing coaches and you're changing, you know, offensive line coaches and you're changing offensive line men, I mean, there's you don't ever have a chance to get caught up to that. You don't ever get a chance to to set your your system in place. And so it's constantly like catch-up. And it's, it's just tough. Back to your phones. Plus, the one thing I will give Marcus credit for next, Jared of the GM at ESPN 1025, the game. How do you feel at this point? I don't feel great. Um, and, you know, Coach made a decision, and, you know, it got to be um, – he's going to make a decision that's best for the team. So, um, you know, I respect it, and – um, you know, I just try to be there for Ryan. That was Mariota yesterday. I, I got to be honest with you, Floyd, and I know that this doesn't matter because we don't want a quarterback who's a nice guy. We want a quarterback who will win games. I thought Mariota handled the situation yesterday very well. And I think everybody on the team has handled it well. I was in the locker room today. Kevin Byard was talking about it. And, you know, they asked Kevin, you know, what do you think of the situation around Marcus? Hey, I've been around eight, and he's won us so many games since I've been here, so I'll never question him. He's a great quarterback, and he's a great teammate, yada, yada, yada. But it's a coach's decision, and if they, if you know, we believe in Ryan, and I believe in Ryan, and I, so I believe in both seventh, you know, Bayard handled it very, very well. The, the team has handled it very, very well. Uh, I don't know if 
it doesn't mean anything that Mariota has handled this well, but I just think it should at least be noted that Mariota has handled this well. Yeah, although I, I would have been shocked if he'd handled it any other if way. If he'd gotten up there and been like, this line sucks, guys. Yeah, no, he's, you know, Marcus isn't going to do that. He's a classy kid, and he's going to handle it a classy way. You see, that's why you want, one of the many reasons you want this to work out with Mariota is because if it if it works out with him and he is good enough to be a franchise quarterback, you literally don't have to worry about almost anything else. There, There is no one that I know that doesn't want it to work out. Oh, yeah. No, everybody, everybody wants, wants it, to work, it out. to work out. Everybody. But I'd also like to be 6'2", and unfortunately... That's just not going to come to fruition. All right. Let's go back to your phones. Uh, Fred is up next on Marcus. Thank you for calling. What's up, Fred? Hey, man. I hope you all have a good day. Yep. Uh, I, just, I just wanted y'all's opinion on something. Kind of, you know, I, I'm one of the biggest Marcus Mariota supporters there is, but I've kind of come to terms that maybe it is over. And I was just wondering if they are going to draft the quarterback, you know, in the first round, especially if we end up having a pretty bad season. Uh, we've kind of had a track record of having guys come in, starting off hot, and then just, you know, fizzling out, and I'm wondering if maybe it wouldn't be best to try and eat a bad season or two with a veteran. I don't know how realistic. Maybe someone like Eli could talk him away or some other veteran that's just out there. I don't know who all's out there. And then let that quarterback sit and learn from someone who has, you know, a little clout in the league, someone who can maybe teach them even if they themselves can't play that good anymore. Or would it be best to just throw them out there like we have and just hope we've landed someone like Deshaun Watson or something like that. Uh, I'll hang up with Thanks, Thanks Fred. I think there's a million different things you, you could do. Uh, to me, I, I believe that if you decide to move on from Mariota, draft another quarterback, the option to who should start next year over or be the guy to kind of caddy for the young guy, if it is a young guy you bring in, I mean, to me, the, the answer is Tannehill. Probably. If you're going to keep the same coaches, wouldn't you want Tannehill to be the starting quarterback next year if you let a young guy sit on the bench and learn from Tannehill? That's how I would kind of view it. Yeah, I I don't know, and 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 the truth Eli is, Manning though the truth is the, the bottom line when it all comes down to it, I mean you don't even know if if Marcus is not a franchise guy, Marcus may decide he wants to play here for you know a very reasonable amount of money, and all of a sudden it it all changes. And then, you know, now you go out and you draft your guy and they play behind Marcus. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm not saying at all that's got a chance of happening. My point, only point being that everything is an option now. Everything's out there. And we just don't know how it's going to go. You have no clue. Now, we, we'll talk about it a lot and, you know, speculate and all that, but, but we really don't know. So uh, as far as Marcus and taking a deal here, I don't, I mean, I either feel like he's your guy or he's not your guy, but Joe is up next. What's up, Joe? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. You know, I do know what is for certain, GM, and that is this season is over with, whether you have, especially if you have Tannehill in the helm. I mean, do you really think that the Titans are going to go 8-2 and two for the rest of the season and make the playoffs? No, it's not going to happen. Their best bet, in my opinion, and it is my opinion, is to keep Marcus Mariota in there to the end of the year. Because, look here, based off of their schedule and who they have left, if you have Tannehill at the ham, can name me a couple of games that you think they'll win. Oh, by the way, they still have to play Jacksonville again. They still have to play Indianapolis, Kansas City, uh, uh, the Saints. And Oh, no, 
They also got to play Houston twice towards at the end of the year. So I don't like Vrabel's call right here. I know Marcus had a bad game. God, did he have a bad game. But in order to really, really, in my opinion, to get behind this guy, you got to be like, all right. And I agree with Jared on this one. I think you got to start him next game. You got to say, because he's never been set out before at all. So if anything, this could, you know, strike a fire under his butt and he might actually play better. Who knows? But I just think you just can't give up on the guy, especially if his last his last year anyway. And you just you're just you know what do you got to lose at that point? Thank you, you guys. Thanks, Joe. Floyd. Yeah, I mean Joe makes a lot of good points, and and you know that's why I think again, you know this is going to be a decision that they're going to sit around and talk about going back and forth and back and forth, because this decision's not. I mean it's short term for right now. Simply because, you know, there are 10 weeks left, but this is going to be long-term for its potential effect on the franchise. And so this is not something that you take lightly, lightly, and they know that. So there'll be a lot of, you know, ifs, ends, and buts in this one. Joe wants to stay with Mariota. Cedric is up next. Go ahead, Cedric. Let me guess. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Listen, Jerry. You, you, my friend, could get drafted number one in the NFL because you are backpedaling faster than Deion Sanders himself, man. I'm not. I, I love it. I, listen, man, you, yesterday you are on Twitter talking about Sin Humphreys back to Tampa Bay. I called in and told you and uh, Tyron Davenport that that guy was going to be a bum, too. Now, let, let me get to something, man. Yeah, Y'all keep I agree without Humphreys. To... I can't stand Humphreys. Keep going. Yeah. Now, now you're coming over to the Mariota camp on my side. And I got a seat for you, and I got a, a fireball uh, whiskey for you. So <laughs> you can come on over to the Mariota hater side. Let me tell you something, man. This is why the Tennessee Titans will never, ever, ever be good under John Robinson and Mike Vable. We keep trying to be the New England Patriots, and what the Patriots do is create a culture of competition. They don't get, Bill Belichick does not care who it is. He took Troy Brown, who was a wide receiver, and said, this guy's better than every corner I got. You're my starting corner. He benched Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl because somebody else was playing better than him. Everything he does is about creating competition. What does the Titans fan want to do? Oh, we should leave Marcus in there because he's better than Tannehill. Nobody knows if he's better than Tannehill, and the only way to find out is to create a culture of competition. Let the guys compete. That's what athletes do. Let them compete. Let them go play. Let them earn it. How about that, Titans fans? How about that? Thank you for the call, Cedric. <laughs> you knew Cedric would be happy to Oh, yes. He's thrilled. <laughs> I mean, I, to me, I don't – a lot of people, like, make this about the Patriots and the Patriot way and the Vrabel and the Robinson and the – I don't – this is – I don't think the Titans' ineptitude has anything to do with the New England Patriots or the culture of the New England Patriots or – like, I get a lot of people that have been telling me that the last couple of days that are like, see, you can't be the Patriots somewhere else. And I'm like, this doesn't have anything to do with the Patriots. At least it doesn't in my opinion. I don't know. No, I would agree with you. But that, what they do is they look at Butler and they look at Logan and say, ah, you know, they're paid, trying to bring in all those guys that are expatriates. And, and, and I understand it. You know, again, it's 
it's blame everybody day. I mean, and if you want to, if you want to be the Patriot way, you trade Kevin Byard before the start of the season because he wants to be the highest paid safety in the league, and then you go get picks from that, and then you go pick other guys. I'm not saying that's what they should have done, but that's what New England does. New England's not going to pay a guy to be the highest paid safety in the NFL, but. So that that to me is the New England way. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Mike, Mike Brave. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't look at you. I was trying to look at you, boy, to get the signal. Like I'm about to sneeze, and I was kind of like, it. I was kind of like, okay, I'm about to sneeze. Can I get through this tease and take it to break before I sneeze, or do I have to look at Floyd to be like, hey, talk because I'm about to sneeze? But coming up next, honest question, and we're all going to be honest. How are the Titans a better team today than they were when Mike Vrabel took over as coach? We'll discuss next. Jared and the GM, Titans Monday. Why are you already laughing over there, GM? I'm not playing this game. Titans Monday. It's ESPN (laughs) 1025, the game.